0: To episode number 46 of the water and Stone podcast I'm Jenny Randolph and I am
1: Dieter Randolph and this is the sound of my voice
0: what's going on this week what what's been good this week
1: well it's it's what's been and what's gonna be because I got to tell you we're recording this right before Thanksgiving but by the time people hear it it will have been Thanksgiving and here in our house, Thanksgiving is not a day. it's almost a season and we talked a little bit about this last time, but it is a multi-day festival of preparing and the house has already started there's things that make the house smell good happening and and life is just all around this amazing day. It's everything. And I'm so excited for getting to listen to this after it comes out to see to, to listen to my future self past self. Talk You're ab- getting confused. It's, it's because I'm I'm already intoxicated by the idea of, of mashed potatoes yet to come. I wanted to ask you, does it bother you as a vegetarian when people say happy turkey day?
0: I, You know, I've never thought about it until you just asked me that question. I had, I mean, I, now,
1: we've been vegetarian I, for a million years. No,
0: it doesn't bother me.
1: But for some reason, I saw somebody post something on Facebook, and it didn't really bother me, but I thought, you know, I wonder if somebody else is offended by that. You know, today, I think today's the day that the president of the united states pardons a couple of turkeys or whatever which seems weird whatever what, what crime did the turkeys commit there's a there's a whole ethical there's, i follow you know the, that there's a the
0: the symbolism there but going back to the, to being somebody being offended uh yeah hello <laughs> i mean is there any question well, that like, someone's gonna be offended the answer is yes yeah but you know me <laughs> i'm
1: so overly like i worry about what How other people are doing way too much, and sure. I, so I think, gosh, I hope nobody had their feelings hurt by that, you know, but it's I it doesn't I, hurt my feelings. it's certainly not a turkey day for me
0: no, no, we don't we don't we do it all vegetarian and mostly vegan and um Thanksgiving, so for us, it is not a turkey day. the turkey is a symbol of you know the turkey used to be um a contender for our national bird yeah i seem I to that I remember was like that Benjamin franklin. ben franklin
1: was super into the idea of using a turkey and
0: which i think is hilarious
1: i think that but... the turkey becomes more and more appropriate <laughs> as things move on in the, the course of uh of boy history. we've
0: gotten off we've gone off yeah. the rails but anyway so maybe instead of getting offended maybe just see it as a symbol of you know, the United States and what we serve and, Mm -hmm. and grateful, you know, whether you eat, whether you eat it or not, you know, symbol of gratefulness.
1: Also, as, as we've talked about before, you and I just had our birthdays and we, we spent some time last weekend. We, it's so nice because uh, our birthdays are just a couple of days apart. And so oftentimes we'll pick a day kind of in between the two days to have, more of a more of a big celebration, and this time around we went over to uh, Disney Springs, which is uh,
0: just their outdoor mall shopping area. That's ginormous. There's a hundred
1: it's- restaurants and movie theaters, and and you know it's a it's a big mall, you know. But it's it's a it's a fun thing to do because everything was decorated for Christmas. It helped me get in the spirit. I had an awesome cup of hot cocoa at one point during the day, and all of that sort of thing. But one of the things we did was uh, we saw the Thor movie. Yes, you know, Ragnarok. I'm, yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, comic book stuff, as are you. But I'm also a huge fan of, you know, the hero's journey and the myths that we tell. And obviously, they've taken more than a few liberties with the Thor story for the sake of the movies. But there's some really nice things, and I really get a kick out of what we do in our culture with the larger-than-life character, the hero figure, especially where that intersects with the concept of the divinity. If you know about Thor at all, and all you have to know is what you've seen in the commercials, he's the the Norse god of thunder. And he's got a hammer. And you know that because you've seen the commercials for the movie and he walks around hitting bad guys with the hammer and all that kind of stuff. But this is not a spoiler because it happens in one of the commercials too. There's a bad guy in the movie who... Very early on in the movie, uh, breaks Thor's hammer, mm-hmm. and so this is this borrows heavily from Fisher King idea. It borrows heavily from the Excalibur idea. It's something that Tolkien picks up in the Lord of the Rings, swords with the king's sword. What's the name of the king's sword? I can't remember. Uh, it it's a broken sword that they've got to re. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. I was like, Strider I was, ends up yeah. with the sword mm-hmm. and he, you know, everything. He finally, he gets the sword and Aragorn, who's kind of a greasy dude, finally takes a shower. He gets a nice hairstyle and the sword (laughs) and now he's ready to be the king, which is how it works. But anyway, there's this great moment in the movie. And once again, this is not a spoiler. I, I love you too much to spoil anything for anybody, but there's this great moment in the movie where Thor is losing badly because he doesn't have his hammer and he feels powerless. And he kind of has like a flashback or a flash sideways or a flash something. Maybe it's a flash dance. But he has a flash something where he's talking to his dad, Odin, who's like, you know, Odin is like a Zeus character, the all-father kind of a kind of supreme archetype. And Odin says, you know, it's a good thing you're not the god of hammers. Right. You know, this is not the core to who you are. And once again... This is something you see in so many stories where you realize that you're a wizard, Harry. You realize, Dorothy, you could have gone home the whole time. You realize that something really important is not outside of you but inside of you. And, and so obviously that's something that, that we like to cheer for. And so it was this really nice moment to see that, that little moment carry through in another big story and you can imagine what happens i won't give it away but thor realizes that he's got what it takes because it's not ever about what you have but it has to do with what's going on inside of you and then you know it's a good it was a good thing but
0: it was fun and it was entertaining and it was and and you know jeff goldblum is in it playing Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum
1: is Jeff Goldblum in every amazing. movie, and that's all you need. That's yep. all I need Jeff Goldblum to he be. He just
0: had blue eyeliner on this time. He's, He's the fantastic
1: Goldblumiest Jeff Goldblum <laughs> in this movie, and I think he might have just showed up in his street clothes. It was right. perfect. It was perfect.
0: But yeah, no, it was a really, it was a really fun day. And as much as I liked the Thor movie, um, there was something that I liked a little bit better on Saturday.
1: Yeah, well, and I think it dovetails nicely with the idea that what's going on outside of you is less <laughs> important than what's going on inside of you, because what's going on inside of us that day was
0: uh, oh, we had a lot of food,
1: a lot of well, well, that's kind of how we did it.
0: It is, but we, we ate at uh, we ate lunch at Morimoto, and I had a fantastic uh, vegetable roll. The sushi there was amazing, so good. They came out with this salad yeah. it was a salad, it was a sushi roll, it was like so good. You had something absolutely amazing. I it. had
1: the vegetarian. Right. But yeah, by and the way, feeling... boys and girls, if you're trying to figure out the vegetarian thing, a little tip, you can almost always get good vegetarian food anywhere where they do sushi. They'll do almost any sushi place will do good vegetarian you know, and it's the rice and, yeah, and it's thai it's the cucumber and stuff like that. And the yeah. Yeah. Asian is
0: really easy to eat, um, uh, vegetarian. But anyway, so I was feeling Really, really good, proud of myself. I was like, fairly light lunch, had salad and had... Yeah,
1: but you're rolling with me. That's not, there's not, there's going to be more food.
0: But I was like, all right, you know, walking around, doing some shopping. Yeah, I'm going to have some popcorn at the movie, but okay. Doing, doing really well. And then we went to the poutine food stand.
1: Yeah. Now, if you don't know what poutine is, it's kind of, you, I... It wouldn't be a surprise if you didn't know because it's kind of a Canadian thing and most of the people who listen to this podcast are in the uh, continental United States. But poutine is – they call it disco fries. It's its like bar food and basically the, the traditional poutine is – It's
0: like – well, it's like uh... – it's Canadians' nachos, is what it Kinda. is. Where yeah. okay, yeah. so so <laughs> instead of your tortilla chips or something like that, you have a layer of French fries.
1: Yeah, so it's it's and like steak it's, fries and these cheddar cheese. And curds then it's usually and, some
0: kind of a gravy, like a brown gravy of mm-hmm. some kind, and cheese curds, and you know, different places That's all do you it need. differently. Everything but, the body needs, but it's, it's, like I said, it's it's the Canadian nachos. It, it's really good, but. This food stand did them they had a couple of vegetarian options that mm. we that we could but and you can was, always ask for, you know, stuff without meat and all that. But good there was stuff, all but, kinds. There um, was a
1: French poutine that had like bechamel and mushrooms and that's right, what, I had and that's what awesome. you
0: have. But I But they had, give you
1: like basically a barrel of poutine and then you have to pretend like your life will ever be the same after ingesting that. And then I followed mine up with the big hot chocolate, which was a mistake. But a welcome one. Yeah. Sometimes no. we learn from our
0: mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but mine was not french fries. It was um, fried yucca mm-hmm. um, and black beans and some kind of, I don't know what, the, what it was, but it was amazing. I didn't, you know, this is, I was, I can't remember, but it was like so good. I don't know. It was just amazing. It was so, so good. I was like... <laughs> And I had, you know, and like you said, they give you basically a vat of this stuff. Well,
1: if only we knew somebody who had like a cooking show who might share. Do you think that you would ever do like that kind of like...
0: You know, I don't know because I enjoy when other people cook me good food. and going. <laughs> I mean, I really yeah, do. but your stuff is good. Uh, oh, no, but... no, no. It, it, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... Let me think about it. I well, don't know. let me let me
1: let me just hit that again because if you make it, it means I get to eat it. But mm. also, also, mm. I want to say that one of the many things I love about your show is that a lot of times when you look up like anything vegetarian, there's a strong likelihood that it's not pleasant.
0: No, um, that's not true. I,
1: I've been a vegetarian for a long time, and I'm allowed to say that. I think that it, there's a lot of times where, There's a lot of emphasis on, you know, this is good for you, and there's a political statement, and all that is very true, but come on now. You're supposed to eat
0: vegetables as a vegetarian. Listen, I know potato
1: is a vegetable. But anyway, the other piece of it is when something has a message, a lot of times it's like, okay, here we go. It's ham-fisted, right? So one of the things that I love about your show is not only is the message – uplifting and empowering and not so heavy handed about it but also the food that you cook is definitely comfort food it makes you feel good and so i love the idea you know few things can make you feel as good as poutine can i was
0: gonna say you're pushing hard for me to make this why don't i tell you what why don't i just make you some and then we can you don't have to you don't have to stroke my ego for a good 10 minutes the show is
1: good and it would be exceptional because it would not be a routine Oh. As we dig in this time, I wanted to touch on the idea that we talk about all the time and it's it's that concept that there's really only one presence and one power, that everything is connected, that that there really is just this oneness and the closer you get to a conscious realization of the oneness, the better things are. When you can look at another person and go, you know what, we're made out of the same stuff, for example, you're on the right track to having healthy relationships. When you can look around at the world and go, you know what, we're made out of the same thing, that's really good. If you're feeling far apart from something like money, if you can find a way to identify with abundance, let's say, things are going to get better. The money stuff will work out. There's a million examples, but at the end of the day, it's, What can you do to identify with the oneness rather than the separation? So, once again, we talk about it all the time. That's table stakes. But I wanted to talk about one little aspect of this that is not so straightforward. And it's something that I found myself doing from time to time, and I'm willing to bet that a lot of people do, and that is that you you find yourself in a situation where you're helping somebody. Whether you're picking up the tab financially or you're helping somebody with their homework or you're just there for them emotionally and all of that. And we're supposed to do all of those things and more. That's kind of the deal. But that person may not pay you back.
0: Ooh, yeah. What do you do? Well, I think the first question would be, why the heck are you doing it? Are you get, are you are you doing it to get paid back? Well, that's because fair. that's the first step. Is if you're doing it with any kind of strings attached, eh, start over. It needs to come from a place of I'm just here to give. I'm just here to serve, and with no expectations and with no strings. Otherwise, don't do it because it's not only going to hurt whatever relationship that you have with that person. It is going to hurt your prosperity consciousness the way that you feel about things the way that you look it validates the idea that people are no damn good mm-hmm. all of it so i think that would be i think that would be the first step is evaluate why why you're doing it in the first place okay. and 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 you know what what do you expect to get out of it that's
1: 100% fair i think that it's really important to remember that we're supposed to be the light and we're supposed to be the salts that you know that means that we dissolve into it we're not supposed to be looked at we're supposed to illuminate other things we're not in it for what we do totally get it totally agree and i'll double down on that and say when a relationship is transactional ooh gross well sure and think about it any relationship that's transactional is also artificial because your good is not inherent to that moment, to that relationship, to that situation. Your good is somewhere else. And once you include a little song of, uh, of uh, duality, separation, you're starting to make trouble for yourself. So I totally agree with that. But it's also fair to say, yeah, but when we we put something out into the universe, we're supposed to get something back if there's only one presence and one power for example um joel goldsmith the great writer said every check you write is to yourself for example Mm -hmm. okay so yes we're not supposed to be in it for the rewards we're not supposed to be in this christianity for the sake of the loaves and fishes however when you put something out to somebody and you don't get anything back from that person this is something to think about so what what yes I'm saying yes, absolutely, <laughs> but also this, so what would you say to that?
0: Well, I think that um I would say that you're a fool to expect the to get your good from the exact point that you're giving your good interesting and and so I think that and and let me explain let me let's let's go down this rabbit hole together if I am going over and helping somebody clean up their house or something like that. Sure. You know, whatever it is. Um, it's foolish of me to expect them to come clean my house because clearly they're not good at cleaning house. Because, <laughs> That's a great example, because actually. They, yeah. Because they need help cleaning. So it, it's not smart of me to go, well, now I thought you were going to come over and help me clean my bathrooms too. It doesn't make any sense. So I have to put that good out into the universe and let the universe give me my good from another direction and that's why you have to be open to the the flow and the good coming at you in all directions if it's all connected nothing you ever do is unpaid mm. you will you will be paid back a million times over if your attitude is that of giving and and of receiving, it's it's the giving out with no strings, but it's also the openness to receive it from other people. So, to follow that analogy, I help Sally clean her house because she's she's not good at cleaning her house or doesn't have time or whatever, and but Sally, Sa- but Sally may be really really good at graphic design mm-hmm. because she's working. 70 hours a week doing that and I happen to need something or she can hook me up. And, and then, you know, and so there's, there is, it's not really, I'm not talking about barter and it doesn't even happen to, to it doesn't even have to come from the same person. Sally. It doesn't have to be Sally. It can, it can come from somebody else that all of a sudden doors open up for you. um Prosperity flows. um You make a new friend, new connections, um, things of that nature. So like I said, Kind of a long answer, but you're you're kind of not paying attention if you expect the good to come from the place that you're giving good. I Does that think make that, sense? Yes,
1: I think that that's a really important thing to remember. I think that it's it's such a it's a, such a subtle slip up to assume that I'm your source; you should be my source too. Mm -hmm. Because there is a very simple set of prosperity questions that that we ask ourselves when we're working on prosperity stuff, which includes money, it includes just stuff working in the world. That's really what prosperity is, is freedom, good times, things working out, right? We talked about this. One of the questions that we ask is, do you think you're the source or the destination? Because remember... That's not how this works. If, if you're the source of all the good in the world you're giving from the wrong place, and if you're the destination of all the good in the world, then you're not in touch with the flow. And Affluence, that's a great word, it means being in touch with the flow. So that's one of the questions. Another question is, what are you doing about it? Because if you really are good with the idea that you're not where this starts and you're not where it ends, then you got to do something about it. And so for example, One of the questions is, are you tithing? Mm -hmm. Are you actively giving in a way that helps you put God first? And then the other question, the other question is, what's your source? Right. Because, okay, so I'm not the source. What is your source? And this is an important prosperity question because for some people it's, oh, well, it's my job. Well, that's a bad answer. It seems like an okay answer, but that's a really bad answer. Your job ought to be a channel sure, for example, but if that's your source, you're asking for a lot of trouble. People get laid off all the time, and you will be moved out of a situation by life if you have a, a, an abusive use of that situation, abusive use, you know what I mean. But, so, where's your source? And the reason that that comes up for me is it's like, okay, did you think you were that person's source of good, or did you just give because you love? i think that's part of it right well
0: yeah i i think that it's but it's i think it's even more subtle than that i don't think people go oh i'm the source of all the good and i will you know i'm the only one and oh, I, I think it's, it's unconscious I, well, I think you gotta ask but i think it's again minute, i think yourself. it's more subtle than that i think it's a it's a very quiet way of sometimes lifting your own ego up to go mm. oh wow look at her does she need some help yeah well and and so by pushing if other people by pushing other people down you're sort of lifting yourself up better better check the ego because i've done that before i've looked at somebody and gone oh wow they they really don't have their stuff together um i wonder i wonder you know what what i can do and gone in you know being the white knight and doing all that and come out at the other side feeling pretty good and then and then all of a sudden they they don't say thank you the way that I think that they should say thank you and then I'm like well that's not how I would have said thank you and again ego comes out so again the rule should be if you are if you cannot go in to a situation where you are helping somebody or doing good i i with no judgment and just to serve and to go in there and do that I think that it's better not to do it. As, well, as yeah. harsh as that sounds, because I don't, I don't know. Um, well,
1: remember, the physical thing is the smallest little manifestation of a much larger spiritual truth. If you're in it for that, or if you're hung up on that, you're missing what's really important about the whole transaction. Whatever is in the material is supposed to be a symbol. It's supposed to remind you of a bigger spiritual truth. So ask yourself, is, is it really all about the thing? Right. And well, ask yourself, am I making a god out of myself? Am I trying to be this person's god by being their source of all of the good in this situation, in this moment, whatever it is? And most people will go, okay, I got that. I recognize that I'm not the source. I recognize that I'm not god. But that's only the first part. If you are really cool with the idea that you are not this person's source, then you also must be okay with the idea that they are not your source. And what I mean by that is you need to be okay with the idea that they're not going to give you the same good you gave them. And you make an interesting point too, and it's, if I'm helping somebody because I happen to be good at one thing and they're not, Because we're all here to learn different things, Mm -hmm. not a judgment. There are things in life that you will sail through that other people will really have to chew on and vice versa because we're all here to learn different things. If I'm really good at a certain area of life and I share that gift with you, it's really weird for me to go, how come you didn't respond like I did? How come you didn't respond like I did? You know already that we're going to handle things differently. Right. If you responded to things like I did, you'd be working on the lessons I'm working on.
0: Right. And so it doesn't, it, it inherently doesn't make any sense. But I also love the idea if I find joy in the kitchen. Hello, not a big surprise.
1: There's poutine in there.
0: Sure. Um, but. I can't expect everybody to do that, and I can't also expect all my joy to come from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that I love to do. It's time that I that I can feed people. I love that. It's it's my heart. I I absolutely enjoy it. Um, but there's I'm bound and determined to come across somebody that doesn't like my food. You know what I mean? Right. And is that and that, gonna and make and break that is you, gonna exactly. Yeah. And so I think that. The being in the flow is just so important. Do not expect to get your good from where you are giving your good. Just give it. It's, it's, everything is connected. And so you will receive your good coming back from you in all different areas. And if you lose the expectation, drop them, drop them by the side of the road with your garbage because that's where they belong. Because to expect something... I think is, is, it's silly.
1: Well, and it also, it puts all kinds of motives on it. When I give to you in that way, I have made you my God. And there's a commandment about that, It's kind of a big deal. The and I idea,
0: think most people don't realize that.
1: Well, it, and so the easy way to get there is to substitute the word source for God. Now, you know God is your source. That's the way it's supposed to go. So ask yourself, instead of the big Charlton Heston level question of who is my God, ask yourself, what's your source right now? Are you the source? And do you require that other person to be the source of your validation? Because that is a dysfunctional relationship. You have made a very, very small God. And this comes up in a lot of different ways. Are you 100% sunk? Unless this one person is going to do things the way that you think they ought to do them. That's really weird when you think about it. Because for one thing, that person may never do it the way you do it. And you might be wrong. Oh, (laughs) heaven forbid. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things going on there. And it makes a really weird little tunnel for the divine to happen in your life. But we're told to cast our bread upon the waters. That's what the Bible says. The idea is just put it out there.
0: Don't you think that expectations like that also block off your educational opportunities and your growth opportunities? I think when you set it up where you are the keeper of the rules and you you, you have these expectations of how everything is supposed to go, how the universe is run, this is what I'm going to say. This is where I'm going to do. This is where are you going to be in five years? You know, I mean, all of those questions, although valid to think ahead, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, don't you think that having all of the answers, it, it keeps, it stunts your growth. Well, it keeps pr- you from, it keeps you from learning. It keeps you from being aware. It keeps you from experiencing beautiful stuff. Um it reminds me we're watching the show called the mind of a chef Mm. and we just started it and it's fantastic. You'll probably hear about it in the next couple of podcasts. I'm
1: still geeking out about it. It's so
0: great because it goes behind the science and the, the people's expectations of what they're doing and their culture and how they're doing it and how they're changing it and how they're making it new and how some people are happy and some people are sad and some people are angry. (laughs) But if we didn't innovate, if we had it all figured out and we were in charge, mm-hmm. nothing would ever be different. How boring is that? Well, and
1: the thing is, I, I it's it's not just that it would be boring, although it certainly would. The thing is, you can't know everything. You can't have it figured out, and so what will happen is the universe will come in and break through that wall. Mm. The universe will upset that boundary, and we've seen that through the course of human history. It used to be that it was not okay, for example, to go to a doctor who was female. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can't! I can't accept my healing through a lady. You know that's crazy, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's it's those kinds oh, of they things. were
0: burned as witches. Is well, what happened?
1: Sure. Our But the point is, over time, those boundaries will be breached. And the only question we have is, will we welcome the stranger or will the walls be knocked down by our own ego and our own refusal to see that truth is bigger than than what we can visage? There's so much, so much more. And so a big part of this has to do with making a bigger God. A big part of this has to do with understanding really that if there really is only one presence and one power, it means my job is just to flow with that. If I just put it out there, then my good will come back to me multiplied because I let go of it and in unexpected ways. And it's about getting to the place where that is okay with you.
0: I love that. I love that the flow and, you know, I know there's, there's, there's some kind of alliteration there, the faith flow, you know, um, you know, the fulfilling faith flow, say that three (laughs) times fast. Oh, that was dumb anyway. But no, but, but really it's, um, I don't know what I'm, I, I'm concerned you should be, I'm, I'm sitting here. No, but it's, it's inspiring and, and, and you know what else? It's also freeing. I don't, F-word. you know, oh God, it's, yeah, these are just filled with F words. Look, hey, I'm doing it again.
1: This <laughs> episode is going to be called the F bomb, but the the <laughs> idea that you can really let let yourself out of a lot of really bad situations if you don't get hung up on the idea that I am made or broken by this one person's power. You have given them so much power and clearly they're in a, in a situation where they ask for your help. They're not in the right place
0: to be given all that power anyway. And I would even say, if you're not just the individual, but if you're looking for your answers from a group of people, from, the you know, from the, you know, club that you go to, or even your church, you know, or any, any group area, if, if you are the source, if you're like, oh, i have to do that because, you know, it's not going to go on if I don't do it or or if you're expecting, you know, huge answers um, from the people that make up, like, like I said, your spirit, even your spiritual community, it's like you. What? Why are you there? Why do you go to church? But see, and that's, that this and, is that, the, and yeah. that needs to. But but I but I'm saying I think I think the expectation is like yeah, you can do that in secular places, and you can do that in all kinds of. But this needs to be all over the place and and I and it's strange from people who you know do church on a regular basis to say do not put all of your Stuff and all of your ego and all of your expectations in your spiritual community because you are going to be let down because guess what? The people in your your spiritual community, yes, even your pastors and the pastor's wives and the music minister and the worship director and all everybody and the volunteer coordinator, they are all people. And if you put it in that, you are going to be let down at some point.
1: Well, and the idea is everybody's allowed in in this community everybody is allowed in but we don't claim to to be the only place where you can get validation in fact it's really weird when somebody thinks that a church is a thing you build a big wall around and only the right people are allowed to get validated have fellowship learn something and grow one of the things that that i heard from somebody when we were talking about how you know and we've talked about this in previous episodes how we're not really interested in building a soup kitchen; rather, we would go serve at somebody else's, for example. Mm-hmm. And what you may not know is that that flies in the face of conventional logic. A lot of people go, "Oh, well, but you you gotta you know build your brand, so to speak. How are you gonna get your church growing if you don't make people come to you if they want a sandwich?" And the answer is, I'm not interested. You know, I'd love for the church to grow, but that's not what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, our we, mandate I need, is education and our mandate is spiritual awareness. And- of
1: course people are welcome to come to the church. We would love that. But the point is, I give you a sandwich. I it's, I, I don't do it so that you show up at the church. I right. do it because the world is a better place when everybody's got a sandwich. You know, right. It's not any more complicated than that. So let's remove some of the complexity. Don't worry about the feedback mechanism. Don't worry about how you're going to get paid for doing your work. Just do the work and things get easier.
0: Right, it's time for Listen Up, and this is the part where we answer your questions. We've had so many good questions lately. Keep sending them. It's really awesome to hear from you. And it's really just nice to read all through them. And just, you know, and this community, this online community, is is it's growing and it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's really wonderful to see the avalanche of questions we get. And by the way, you can write us, all. find us on social media, send an email to info at waterandstonechurch.com or just go to the website, waterandstonechurch.com, and there's a contact form, all that kind of thing. But this time around the co- the question comes from Ruth S. Thank you Ruth, and the question is how do goals and faith work together? And I think I know what this is about because there's there's a there's a couple of different ideas we tell people be specific with God. We say ask for what you want.
0: Mhm.
1: And all of that. But and you're the-
0: allowed to ask for what you want.
1: Mhm. We even say that that desire in your heart was put there by God. Mm -hmm. Well, big deals, you know. But on the other hand, we also say, but God's got a better idea than you do. And remember to say this or something better in your prayers. And remember to be open. And don't be egotistical about the way it's going to happen. And there's big hunks that you can't know and so on and so forth. And Jesus said, you know, God knows what you ask before you ask it.
0: Yeah, so what the heck? So am I supposed to or am I not supposed to? How specific am I going to get? Is there a chart? Where can I go to find this information? What do I do?
1: How do goals and faith work together? Right. I think that that's what's going on. So what's the
0: answer? Ooh. Um, I think that for me, goals are a picture in my mind of where... I would like to be. Um, but I am careful not to put huge specifics on them, you know, expectations on them. But I think I my daily choices, I think that what I do is I say, okay, Am I moving towards this goal or has my goal changed? And so I think it's a constant sort of reevaluation of big picture, but then coming in for a little bit more of a focus to say, all right, what have I done to move towards that goal today? And sometimes it's a really good day and I've done like a whole list of stuff to move towards that goal. Um, and some days I don't, and some days it's just like a, you know, okay, well, I guess I'll wait till tomorrow. Let's take dieting. You know, if we must. It, well, I know it's it's a it's a sore subject around here. We don't like to talk about it. But anyway, but let's 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 take dieting for a second. If I have. Three really good diet days. I'm eating my veggies, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm I'm exercising the way I'm supposed to exercise. I'm on my routine, but then it's somebody's birthday. And you know, it feels rude not to have a piece of cake, you know, it feels rude not to and and PS, it's no fun. I'm gonna have a piece of cake or I'm gonna go out and have the meal with the celebratory meal with somebody because I want that person to feel celebrated and loved and awesome. You know, not to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And and so you have that day, you know, no harm, no foul. Does that destroy your ultimate goal? Well, of course not. Your ultimate goal, if you want to lose 15 pounds, is still there. But I think taking it down to that narrow part of, okay, what am I doing? How, you know, how good did I do today? All right, cool. And maybe the goal to lose 15 pounds kind of comes back a little down and goes okay you know what 10 good enough <laughs> I don't know it may sound silly but I think that that's how I do you know but then if you're talking about something you know where faith comes in I'm you know I think that the faith part of it comes in when you just know that you have you, ha- you got what it takes mm-hmm. to meet this goal Faith
1: is, you know, we talk about varying definitions of faith, but one way to think about faith is faith is the way that you do God. Kind of, sort of. That's one way to, that's a quick definition. Well, God's infinite. God doesn't have goals, because God is life, love, wisdom, power itself. Not any particular expression of that. You have that infinity at the core of your being, but... You are in a finite moment, a finite expression. You're always changing. And part of what that means is that every goal is a moving target.
0: It think, feels that way. Well, of
1: course, it, it can't be any other way. But think about the and you, you can tell that by just looking at your own goals. Think about what a dream come true for you might have been when you were five or 13 or 18 or 30 or whatever. Think about what a dream come true for you would have been. Those goals, some of them are silly now. Some of them are nightmarish now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in a tree house. You know, there's this <laughs> stuff. Things change. And so it, there's big pieces of what was important that don't stay important. Does that mean it was wrong to have those dreams? Of course not. Here's the thing to know. God doesn't have goals. So your dreams and your goals Are less about God and more about where you are at when you're at your best
0: yeah or your understanding of God at that moment because a five-year-old's understanding of how how things work is so completely different than how you know you are when you're older
1: right so if you give yourself permission to dream and by all means be around the kind of people who give you permission to dream Think about the kind of partners you have in your life. Do they hold you down? Do they keep you the same? Or do they challenge you to dream even bigger dreams? Can they dream them with you? But understand that if you are really dreaming right, dreaming well, dreaming in a healthy way, what's happening is you are giving yourself permission to really look at your best self, your best case, your highest aspirations, for where you are right now. And so what I'm saying is you absolutely must have goals and dreams. It's important because you're removing yourself from the constraints of well the job only pays this amount, but what if I were a millionaire? Or I can only run this fast, but what if I could run this fast? If you give yourself those goals, you give yourself permission to stretch and grow. But understand that you're going to transcend whatever those things are, and you can transcend it by getting to that place where you lose that amount of weight or you run that fast, or you might outgrow it and realize the thing you thought you wanted you don't want all that much anymore. But give yourself permission to do either of those things. The way that it works is, imagine that your goal, because your goal once again, say it again, is a representation of your best self. You're trying to give your best self to the universe. You're trying to make your best self be an offering to the divine. So imagine that you are preparing an offering to take into the temple. All of your goals, all of your dreams, the highest and best parts of yourself, get really clear on what if. And get to the temple, not a physical place, but to that place in consciousness where you're talking to God in whatever way makes sense to you. And take those hopes and dreams and metaphorically place them on the altar. Your goals are healthy when you can say, here's what I got, God. Now what do you got for me? And that's where faith comes in. Because it is a giving over. of. Here's the best and brightest of my understanding, but I know for sure that your ideas about me are even bigger. Because God is that perfect parent. You know, that father-mother God who sees like a good parent does in terms of potentiality. And when God sees you, God sees you unlimited. So get your hopes and dreams together, get really clear on them, and then give them over. And watch what God does with what you have given. Alright, this is the time in our, our, uh, our show when we check it out. And check it out means this is what we're up to, where you can come find us, what's going on. In our little world at Water and Stone Church.
0: So there's some things that we do on a regular basis. And that is our Wednesday morning sunrise walks Mm -hmm. and our Sunday evening sunset celebrations. Absolutely. We'll go back and once again, all of this information is on our Facebook page. It's on our website, (laughs) waterandstonechurch.com. Right, jinx. Um, But Wednesday mornings around 720 We take about an hour's worth of walk, we get a cup of coffee, we walk along the water, It's getting nice and chilly outside, so if you're gonna join us, bundle up a little bit, bring a sweatshirt. um,
1: It's really, it's it's really so much fun, and this is you don't have to be an Olympic athlete. No, no, no. It's a low, uh, low intensity situation. It's a nice walk. We we watch the sun come up. We you know we look at the water. We there's people in town that we see all the time, and sometimes there's a big group of us, sometimes just the two of us. But around seven twenty. If you're going to join us for the walk, drop us a line. Once again, there's a lot of ways to let us know because the park is a big place and we don't want to miss you. But go to the website, waterandstonechurch.com, and there's a map and all of that. But it's North Shore Beach right by the volleyball courts. Come find us and we'll take a walk together on Wednesday mornings.
0: And then on Sunday evenings, about a half hour before the sun goes down, we meet at St. Pete Beach. We watch it. It's beautiful. Yeah, there was an amazing one this last Sunday. It was really cool. Was and I really put a picture
1: great. on the uh, on the Water and Stone Church Instagram account. Um, somebody built this sand village. It was ginormous. And I don't know if you can tell the scale from the picture, but it was 50 feet across. It was, it was significant. Amazing. Yeah, it was really, really cool. So it was fun to see that. But there's always something amazing. And so we meet at Park of the Dolphin Village parking lot. Once again, there's a map on the website. And uh, go a little bit south of that public beach access. And there's a bunch of us there just watching the sunset. And a lot of times we'll go out and get some food together afterwards or something like that. Really low-key time to to just kind of be together.
0: The other regular things that we do happen on our YouTube channel. If you want to keep up to date, go subscribe to that. It's just Water and Stone go find it you'll be able to do it there's links to it all over our website yeah all just over our facebook. if you scroll down it's to the good. bottom
1: of any page of water and there's little icons for all of our social media places like facebook and twitter and whatever click on the youtube one and it'll take you to the youtube channel you gotta subscribe to the channel we really want to get everybody to subscribe to it because it helps us promote what we're doing and yeah, all that Yeah, right now but... our
0: goal is just 100 subscribers mm-hmm. and we're a third of the way there and our and... stats
1: show that a lot of people are watching the videos, but most people don't subscribe because oh, well I know I'm gonna see it on Facebook all the time. Right. But do it for us. Hit the subscribe right, button. Right, exactly. On the YouTube it would channel. it would
0: really make our, our Everything kind of opens up for us yeah. when if when we have those Because YouTube doesn't care
1: about how many people watch it. They care about how many people subscribe.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. But our regular shows on that is something that Dieter does on Wednesday nights. Right now it's a series of 13 called Living Water Standing Stone. It's been fabulous. If you want to know what we believe at our core. Go how this stuff a, works. Yeah. You know? Go take a watch at that. And obviously on Fridays, usually around noon, um, I have once a week, I have a This Day video you want to learn how to cook really good vegetarian food go take a look
1: and it's not just the cooking there's always a message and i love the way that you you put the message in there it's really pretty great
0: and although this is coming out on sunday morning we want to remind you that we you still have time to get to church (laughs) um and so this Sunday that you're listening to it is going to be Wild Forgiveness. And that's going to happen at USF St. Pete Harbor Hall. It's our Sunday service. Those happen every fourth Sunday right now until the end of January. And then we're going weekly.
1: Yeah, that's that's when yeah. we're, we're, this is really kind of our soft opening. We're in the pre-launch of the church, so to speak. The launch happens when we go to weekly services. And so it's been such a wonderful thing to see this family kind of Knit itself together, but so the fourth Sunday in November is November twenty sixth. Right. We meet the fourth every fourth Sunday at eleven o'clock, and uh, this one's going to be really good. So it just is. like you said, this podcast comes out in time for you to put on some shoes and head on out to USF.
0: Yeah. Well, and we are gearing up for our December monthly service project. We do two service projects every month. Some We do one that is right after our service on Sundays, but then we do something usually mid-month um, to help a, a business or a not-for-profit out in the community. And this time, we'll be helping CASA. And they are an um, organization that helps domestic violence survivors and their children. We will be cooking... Um, Food and serving for 100 people, those those, uh, women and children who are um, at the shelter right now. And that happens on December 13th from 5 to 7 p.m. And it's going to be a really wonderful opportunity if you'd like to be a part of it, if you'd like to cook something, even if you're just going to buy a thing of cookies for dessert. Come on and and be a part of it. it, and even it if you it'll don't do bring your food. soul good. Oh yeah. Yeah, it'll do your soul good. Yeah, and like I said, even if you don't bring food, just you can come, come serve. and serve and be a light. Pick up a ladle, right? Yeah. For those for Not those a people, and you know, it's during the Christmas season, and what better way to kind of bring joy and come out of the really frantic pace that the holidays bring to do some good and and just go and serve, and an opportunity to be God's hands. I love it. So if you're interested in, please drop us a line, and we'll put you on the list of people that are going to be there. And if you want to bring something or make something, just let me know. There's room for a lot of it.
1: And I also want to let you know that, just as we said, Fourth Sunday, 11 o'clock. And so the Fourth Sunday of December is Christmas Eve, December 24th. And we'll be once again at USF Harbor Hall at 11 o'clock. And the title... For the December service is wild worth. We're we'll talking about prosperity. We're going to be talking about what it is to to be a worthwhile person and to experience and express your worthiness as a child of God. This is really important around Christmas time, and so I'm really excited to be delivering that message. But on we'll Christmas also Eve.
0: be doing a special candle lighting during the service mm-hmm. to honor the season and to, you know, just have it make it extra extra special. You are not going to want to miss it.
1: And in order to make sure that you don't miss anything, the best way to stay in the loop is to text, I am ready, all one word, I A M R E A D Y. Text, I am ready to 84576. That's 84576. Text, I am ready to 84576. And then you'll be automatically signed up to get a text message from us uh, that tells you what's going on and basically we send about one text a week, it's not overwhelming, it's no big deal, but it helps make sure you know what's going on and it's just so much fun to be a part of that and one of the things that I've been telling people is you can actually text back to those texts and Jenny and I see it so we can respond. If you've got a question or a comment or whatever, you can write to us and we will know about it.
0: It's time to wrap it up.
1: Everything's connected. And you know it. You know it not just because it makes sense when you think about it, but you know it like you know the things that are really important. You know it in your bones. You know that you and me and everybody else are made out of the same stuff, that you and me and everybody else are here to grow, that you and me and everybody else do best when we experience that oneness. What I'm talking about is love. Love is that idea of universal unity, that idea that we're all connected, not just to each other, but to God. When that love has a spiritual dimension, when we realize that subject and object and the ultimate are all connected, all partaking in something special, life gets easier. Sometimes it's easy to forget that you're not the source for somebody else. Sometimes it's easy to forget that they're not the source for you. But let's get to the place where we let all of that go and we just... Let our light shine. Something amazing happens when we just get out of the way. Take all of your hopes and dreams, all of your aspirations for the way that things are going to work, and get really clear on them. Get in touch with them. And then give them over to God. Let them go. Just let it all go. And the universe will take care of you in ways that you and I cannot imagine. It's not just that it's going to work out. It's working out right now.
0: This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios.
1: And the head honcho, grand poobah, high muckety-muck of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She is one half of the music that you hear during these podcasts, and the other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph.
0: This podcast
1: is solely supported by you. And you know what that means. It means three things specifically. Thing one, share. Share these podcasts podcast share what we're doing send somebody a link tell somebody at the hair salon or the or the deli or wherever tell somebody about this podcast that you're listening to go read our blog at waterandstonechurch.com and share the posts with somebody follow us on facebook and hit that like button there's lots of ways you can share and every way makes a huge difference for us go to wherever you're listening to this podcast whether that's itunes or soundcloud or stitcher whatever and write us a five-star review. It's got to be a five-star review because that's what kicks in the the algorithms and mechanisms. And I don't know, maybe there's elves that, that figure out how to promote our podcast. When you give us a five-star review, it lets iTunes, for example, know that this is worth looking at. And that is huge. It'll take you eight seconds. and makes all the difference in the world for us. And finally, the thing you can do to support this podcast is show up. Come be there for one of our sunrise walks. Come celebrate the sunset with us on Sunday nights. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. And most importantly, come be with us on a Sunday morning. There is stuff going on there. There is such love and such acceptance and such powerful faith. It's going to change your life. And you are going to change our world. That's how this works.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone.